Hey guys, today we're on 1 Corinthians chapter 13, uh, a famous chapter on love that I'm sure you've heard read at a wedding before. Um, but today we're going to look at how this chapter is in the context of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 through 14, which is not talking about marriage or romantic love at all, but on using our gifts for the building up of the church. And so in this section, um, starting with chapter 12, Paul is addressing another problem in the church, which is the misuse of spiritual gifts, kind of in a, in a self-seeking, puffed up, uh, self-glorifying way, flaunting their skills and abilities um, and, and not using them to build up the body of Christ, which is why we have gifts in the first place, not to show off but to build up the church. And so this is, again, a continuation of the underlying problem of these believers, which is their spiritual immaturity and lack of cruciform living, um, asserting their rights, boasting what they can do. They're puffed up, and they are not living a life of sacrificial love for the benefit of others. So love is the need. The greatest need here in this church is to experience God's way of being, which is love, which is giving up what you're entitled to for the sake of others. And um, this this chapter holds up an ideal of love that everyone um, would agree with and rally behind. And that's why it's, you know, read at, at weddings. And our culture, you know, highly values love. Um, but we're going to see that the particular kind of love here is only accessed through Christ. And so, you know, while the Beatles may have sung, all you need is love, they didn't have the love that, uh, you know, this chapter talks about, or, you know, even a great relationship or a friendship or a spousal romantic love or a love of uh, family often falls short of the ideal held here. So one thing Paul's saying is the church should be the place where the world sees the love that it desires but can't produce. The church is the place where God's love is exhibited, which is, again, a form and a way, a mode of being in this world where we sacrifice ourselves and what we you know, want and are entitled to for the benefit of others. So that's the context here. And Paul is going to talk about three things in this chapter. The need of love the definition of love and the excelling of love. Okay, so the need, the definition, and the excelling of love. Let's look at these one at a time. First off, we have the need. And this is tapping into, again, this root problem in the church, which is this church had a lot of spiritual abilities and gifts and knowledge, um, but that wasn't profiting the church. In fact, it was a problem to the church. Um. So Paul lists out, you know, almost an impeccable spiritual resume in these first three verses. If we knew anybody like this in our church, we would uh, be very impressed and, and want to get to know them and want to learn from them. But Paul says, if you have all these things without love, then two things, you are nothing and you profit nothing. That's the end of verse two and three. You are nothing and you profit nothing. So... um no matter how much gift we have, if it's not sourced in love and if it's not an expression of love and if it's not 
uh, carried out in the way of love, then it actually brings no profit to the church. In fact, it probably brings problems to the church. And so this really speaks to us today because we live in a resume culture that prizes knowledge and ability, and that has kind of creeped into the church where um, maybe we we treasure and prize what someone can do, not the deeper motives and um, sources of that ability. And so Paul is redirecting us to our greatest need, which is not what we can do, but how we are, which is embodying the divine love. So this goes all the way back to chapter 8, verse 1, where Paul says, love builds up. The greatest need for for the building up of the church is not what you can do or what you know, but how you are, which is an expression of God's nature. So that brings us to uh, section 2, which is the definition of love. Now, the amazing thing here is Paul, in defining love, doesn't give us a kind of a dictionary definition or kind of an abstraction or just like an intellectual uh, you know, analysis of love. He paints a picture of a life of love. And in a sense, he personifies love. Love is suffering here. Love suffers long. Love is not bragging. Love is rejoicing with the truth. Um, love is not provoked. So you may think this is just flowery, poetic language, but what Paul is really doing here is he is describing a person. And there's only one person who fits this description, and that's Jesus Christ. Paul describes the life of Christ in the world, which again is denying himself for the benefit of others. So elsewhere in the Bible, uh, the Bible says God is love, but then this chapter gives us a, you know, a vivid, uh, colorful description of what love looks like. So God is love, and then love is fill in the blank with this chapter. And this is exactly what the Corinthians needed. And if you look at the descriptions here in comparison with the rest of the book, you'll find Paul is not just you know, making up an arbitrary list or just really thinking hard about how to describe love. All of these phrases and terms are linked elsewhere in this book, which you can go find. Um, and so this was their problem. And this was their need. So, for instance, puffed up, that's back in chapter 8 and chapter 5. Knowledge puffs up. Um, And again, Paul is overlaying the living of Christ onto the lack of the church, the problems of the church, and marrying that combination. Again, our needs point to our, our problems point to our need of Christ. So this is a description of the life of Christ. A couple examples here is love suffers long. If you look at 1 Timothy 1.16, Paul says, that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners and displayed in his saving Paul his long-suffering. So God suffers and endures our sinful state and takes it upon himself and endures the wrath of God on the cross for the sake of others. He doesn't take account of our evil, our sinfulness. He prays, Father, forgive them. So Jesus Christ is the flesh and blood uh, living out of the love of God. It's it's the love of God manifested in the world. And we see that love in Christ. So again, we don't just need love as a kind of a abstraction or flowery kind of feeling, but we need Christ who is the love of God. And if we have this love, uh, this love is a beautiful, uh, a music, a harmony, 
uh, versus the clanging sounding uh, symbol of, of just giftedness. So it's the contrast between the noise of just gift and the music of love. Okay, so the last part here is the, the excelling of love. And basically, Paul just contrasts love and gift with four different contrasts. He contrasts one is temporary, one is eternal, one is partial, one is complete, one is childish, one is mature, and one is an indirect uh, experience through a mirror, and one is the fullness of face-to-face fellowship. So it's an awesome section, this last one, but we're running out of time. But basically, love is more excellent than all the gifts because it's eternal. It's a foretaste of life in eternity where we won't need our indirect uh, methods and means of knowing about God and, and enjoying and, and enjoying God. We will have direct, unmitigated, face-to-face loving union with God. We will see things not in a mirror, but face-to-face. We will not know things in part. We will know things just as fully as God himself knows us. So that sounds like a pretty intimate portrait of eternity there. And so love is the greatest of all the theological virtues. It's the greatest need for the building up of the church, not just what we can do, but how we live in the life of God, expressing the love of God for the benefit of others and the building up of God's church. So this chapter, I hope you saw um, how it fits into the need of the church in Corinth and our need today, not just to know things and do things in the church and not just to try and do those things for our own glory, but to live a life of love, which is really the living of Christ, expressing God for the benefit of others and the building up of the church. So that's the need of love, the definition of love, and the excelling of love. All right, see you all tomorrow.